Welcome to the Generation Iron Podcast, featuring the biggest names in bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports world. If you want to be a bodybuilding champion, it takes hours and hours every day of being dedicated and being passionate about it. As your boy here, Kai Green, aka Mr. Getting It Done. Yeah, Tune in to the GI exclusives on the Generation Iron Airwaves. What's going on, Generation Nine Nation? This is Vlad, and we're back to the GI Podcast. Today's guest is uh, somebody who I've met a few years ago through um, a friend of ours, Rich Gaspari. He's been training him, and he helped him come on the scene um, a few years ago uh, in a classic physique division. Uh, He's tremendously gifted genetically. And he's been competing at the highest level at the Olympian Arnold. And he's been through a lot in his life. Um, obviously overcoming a lot, going to the army, being stationed in Afghanistan, and then also dealing with cancer, overcoming that. And his story is very unique and interesting. So I was very, f- I was looking forward to talking to him and getting to learn more about his story. So I want to welcome to the show, Robert Timms. So how you doing, man? Congratulations on your big win at the Texas Pro. Thank you. That was a big Thank win, you. right? How did it feel? It was. It was. It felt good. It felt good. Um, coming off of three years, it felt really good. You know. Nice, nice. Now I first heard about you from uh, Rich Gaspari a few years back. He was very proud to have you on the team at, the, at that time. You were working with the company, and he told me about you before I even like seen pictures or or, or heard about you. You know what I mean? He was the first one that told me. And then, you know, you came on the scene and it was like, you know, it was a big deal, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. So it was um, before him, I was with Dennis James. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, I was with Dennis first. So Dennis is the one who actually brought me in the game of bodybuilding. He's actually the one who was my mentor in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. my first show was in 2015 and mm-hmm. I was at the Arnold. That was my first NPC show. I had done two or four shows prior to that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I linked up with Dennis. I met Dennis through a friend, my friend Scott. And uh, <clears throat> he uh, introduced me to Dennis. After that, me and Dennis started working together um, for my first physique show, which was at the Arnold in 2015. How was you working with Dennis? How was it? Mm-hmm. Amazing. It's like my big brother. So it's cool because he teaches me, he taught me the ropes. Like, he taught me, you know, how to maneuver, how to. Um, negotiate how to um, carry myself in the in the industry mm-hmm. he literally really taught me pretty much the the foundation of how to move in the NPC IFBB mm-hmm. now it's interesting you're still in the military right I yeah. am so I've seen interviews where you say that bodybuilding is still your hobby in a sense you take it seriously right. but it's your hobby and and right. your main thing is the military and I guess you know you are the job you have other jobs right Right, so I'm part time in the, I'm part time in the military, so I'm in the reserves, the Air Force reserves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a tech guy. I love tech, so that's where my heart is. My heart really is. Um, it's more so like the functionality of things. Bodybuilding kind of blends with that, to where I understand and I've learned how to to how things function, how the body functions, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm I feel like I'm a successful bodybuilder. But yeah, so the Air Force is my part time. I go, I, fly, I live in, I live in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I fly to Minnesota once a month, one weekend a month for uh, two days. I'm there, mm-hmm. 
And then um, my day job, I work at Intel, and I do photo lithography, which mm-hmm. is the pretty much I calibrate machines that design microchips wow. or microprocessors. That sounds very complex. Mm-hmm. It is. It's really it's a lot of data analysis type job. Um, a lot of hands-on to where not necessarily turning wrenches, but more so programming and calibrating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's so, my day to day. But you're still a pro bodybuilder. But all that you're doing is that's I mean, right. pro bodybuilding is itself a, a job. I mean, how are you able to, to to balance all of that? So for me, it's one of those things where I look at like you just can't make an excuse, right? So on my work days, prepping for a show, like prepping for this last show. Mm-hmm. Um, my work days, and now we're back going back to back preps, right? Because of the Olympia. Mm-hmm. Um, my work days, I get three hours of sleep. Three That's hours of sleep? You get three hours of sleep a day? On my work days, I get three hours of sleep. So four days, one week, I get three hours, and then three days the next week, I get three hours. I, only work, I work four twelves one week, and then four twelves the next week. Mm-hmm. So on those days, I get three hours of sleep. Um, because if I sleep anymore, I won't be able to get my meals prepped, my gym in my fasted cardio and I had to learn how to design my days in order to get everything in so what I do is I'll <clears throat> stop my meals while I'm at work my last meal will be 2 o'clock in the morning I get off at 6 in the morning I get home around 7 mm-hmm. in the morning uh, I nap from 7 to 10 so since I stop my meals at 2 I give myself an 8 hour window of fasting Mm-hmm. And I get up and I do fasted cardio at 10 o'clock. And then I continue my day, shower, meal. And then two hours later, I eat another meal, which is my pre-workout meal. I wait an hour, go to the gym, work out, do my workout, come home, shower, um, fix my meals for the rest of the day. And then I'm out the door to, for work again. So my work days are really, really hectic. They're really tight. Um, they have to be really, really scheduled. and. I have to be really on it for my work days, my days off, or when I actually get a true, know my true weight. Mm-hmm. Because I know when I sleep three hours, I only lose maybe two pounds while I'm sleeping. Um, when I'm getting a total eight hours of sleep, I, get, I lose about five pounds. So we can get our true weight, we get my true weight on my days off, mm-hmm. and then we work off of that. Um, and me and AJ Sims, my coach, Cement Factory, we literally had to get it down to a science, and we have it. Mm-hmm. So it's just good. Well, that good. sounds incredible. I mean, the fact that you sleep three hours a day, I mean, isn't right. sleep absolutely necessary for bodybuilding, for absolutely. recovery absolutely. and growth? Absolutely. So that, and that's why I say, I, it's one of those things to where when, during my preps, I'm mostly running off of adrenaline. So I'm running off of excitement and, and you know, so I don't really ever, and it's, and honest to God, it's probably, it's a blessing from God to be able to do what I do at this level and not get the full amount of sleep and work full-time job and right. work a part-time job as well you know it's, a, it's just a blessing from god that's the only way i can explain it because there's no way i should be able to do all of this right. and not um and not and not be able it, it, it be able to produce at the end of the day right there's mm-hmm. no way like scientifically there's no way i should be able to do what i'm doing exactly but so how do you do it God. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's the only way I can explain it. I can't explain it any other way. Because honestly, you know, I, I, a lot of people, gonna, a lot of people, gonna, a lot of people are gonna listen to it, right? And, and they say it's impossible. Right. Three hours sleep, I agree. it's impossible. I, I, Plus listen, two I jobs. I get it. 
I get it. You know, I work night shift. I, I you know, I work six p.m. Like I said, six p.m. to six a.m. You know, so it's it's, wow. it's the, there's no explanation for it, right? There should be. I should not be able to grow. You know, and right. that's what they say. But then again, through my whole career, I never really listened to what they said because mm-hmm. I'm not them, mm-hmm. right? So I don't. You know, you, you start to follow people who've done something but they've learned their body so that works for them you don't know what works for you unless you try things and me i try everything i don't take rest days right i mm-hmm. train mm-hmm. every single day you know so people say you're supposed to take a rest day well i look at this a rest day is a day that i'm not training that muscle so mm-hmm. that's my rest so i train every single day but that's just me i'm not advising everybody to do that that's just what All i right. do so i mean okay so your genetics or, or the way you are has to, be, has to be, you have to be like a different type of specimen, you know what I mean? For me, it's more so, okay, so I look at it and I, yes, I have great genetics, right? And even growing up as a kid, my dad said, he was like, you you had abs when you were little. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you, 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 and I was like, really? <laughs> you know, and, and I've always been active too, right? I was always an athlete, mm-hmm. you know, I started in karate. Right, mm-hmm. as an eight-year-old, then I did kickboxing, then I did boxing, then I did football, you know, then I did Muay Thai, then I did Taekwondo. I've done all the arts, right? So I've always been an athlete, you know. So it wasn't something. This is nothing. This isn't hard for me. I don't need motivation to do this. I don't need to be inspired to do this. You know, a lot of times they ask like, who who do you look up to to you know for your bodybuilding career? So, mm-hmm. Nobody. I don't look up to anybody builder. I look really? up to my dad. My dad raised me. I know him. I, you know, and I think right. a lot of times we get caught up in people's accomplishments and accolades, and you don't understand that. Okay, cool. But the regular working man, like my father, mm-hmm. has accomplishments and accolades too, mm-hmm. right? It may not be a bodybuilder. My dad was a successful man in the court system, working in the court system, right? He was a mm-hmm. court reporter, right? And it, it was just like I've seen the accomplishments of my father, so that's who I look up to. You know, mm-hmm. I got in the game late. I didn't. I didn't grow up looking at magazines and stuff. I, I didn't. I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I grew up as a kid. I just wanted to be. I really wanted to be in tech. I wanted to work at Intel since I was fourteen. That's incredible. I built my you first computer it. when I was fourteen. Wow. You know, so that's incredible. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I gotta be honest with you. A lot of people that that are gonna hear about this. And they mm-hmm. lost to you on the stage, and they mm-hmm. slept eight hours a day. I'm sure they're gonna be very right. pissed to, to and hear that. And that's the thing; it's different. Like, and I tell people, and my dad always told me, he said, "Favor isn't fair. Favor isn't fair," and that, and that's just true. You know, um, everything isn't for everybody, right? Just because you want something so bad, just because you want it bad enough, doesn't mean you're gonna get it. It's not everything isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I understood that. You know, I had an ex that told me she's like. And everything you do, you're good at. I'm like, no, I know what I'm good at, and that's the things I do, mm-hmm. right? So sure. that's a difference. And so I've learned that the fact that this isn't hard for me, I enjoy it, it's fun, I keep it as a hobby, you know, I think that's what makes me flourish in it mm-hmm. because I'm the most, and it's just crazy that I compete, but I'm the least competitive person you'll ever meet. That's interesting. I don't have that because I understand. I completely understand. There is nothing that I can do that will affect your physique. 
Mm-hmm. Right? There's nothing I can do that mm-hmm. will affect your physique. But, and there's nothing you can do that affects my physique. All I can do is bring my best. Mm-hmm. I've never, you, you'll never hear me say, oh, I'm calling out so and so. No, I won't. I won't do that because there's no need for that. Mm-hmm. You bring your best physique. I bring my best physique. We don't judge it. Right, Social media doesn't judge it. Of course. The, the, the judges judge it. So at the end of the day, there's nothing I can do. I just do my best. And that's it. So, so my question is this to you, Robert. What if you would have to switch your schedule and actually sleep, you know, a full night and have... It'd be scary. You know, a job? I mean, you, would I, you be... That's what I'm saying. But I don't have that luxury. Right? I don't have the luxury of that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, right now, you know, it's just me. You know, everything I do is out of pocket. You know what I'm saying? So right, right. I, it, it, but, but I, and, and I'm okay with that because I have a good job again, you know what I mean? And I can afford it, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like, like I said, for me, it's more so if I were to do that, we don't know what would happen. It may be scary. Do you want you to know? do that one day? Do you want to do one day with bodybuilding is your main thing? I thought about that. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know mm-hmm. because I'm not moving into the open. I would never move to the open. That's not something that I would want to do. Um, I love classic. I, I think classic is amazing. Um, but would I ever want to do a full time? I, I don't know. I, you know, cause this takes a, cause one injury can be over. Mm-hmm. Right. So right, that's, right. The, that's the part that I'm always, not gonna say always playing it safe but it just mm-hmm. has to make sense sure. it really has to make sense for me to just switch and just do this full time but do you have the desire to be to beat chris bumster for example do you have the desire to be a number one i have the desire my my desire doesn't lie in that that's that's why i feel like i'm so successful i've mm-hmm. never desired to look at chris Bumstead and be like i want to beat him mm-hmm. like i don't have the choice and it's not my my choice it's the judge's choice but the only thing i can control it's my physique and how I look on stage. That's it. That's all I can control. So all that other stuff, oh, I could be, I would be, it's noise. It's noise, right? It, it, may, it has no nothing to do with me. At the end of the day, the only thing I control is me. That's it. Right, right. Well, forget about Chris. I mean, do, do you have aspiration to, to win the Olympia, basically, put it that way? Of course. I wouldn't compete if I didn't, mm-hmm. right? Okay. That, that's a waste of time. I'm, not, I'm, ne- I'm never going to go to a show I told the guys backstage in Texas, you know, they were like, you know, it was funny. It was funny. It's funny. You kind of get those, those people who, and I'm, I I like read people really, really well. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they come up to you. Hey man, good luck, man. Good luck. But in their head, they're like, I know I got you. I can beat you. I'm not worried about you. (laughs) You know? So, you know, a lot of them did that to me and I was like, Oh, okay. You know? And, um, we stripped it. Well, they stripped that. They, they called classic the lineup and everything. They, they stripped down. You know, they start flexing, posing, da, 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 you know. And I keep, I always keep my video on. Like, if you, if you ever see me back in the in any show, I always wear, I fully clothed. I wear my long, um, I always wear Adidas jumpsuit. You know, that's what I wear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they stripped down everything. And then, then, then I stripped down and get oiled. And they were like, bro. I said, what's up? And they're like, bro, we did not know. And I was like, Oh, I don't come here to lose. I never come to a show to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, I come to compete. So that's that's my thing. I don't have to be a bright dose about it. I can be nice to you, but I'm never going to come to a show to lose. There's no, re- like, DJ taught me in the very beginning. He said, Robert, if you have to go to the Olympia on points, you don't need to be at Olympia. And I said, okay. True. 
So that's what stuck with me. You got your pro card in 2016, right? Right. Um, mm -hmm. And that time, obviously, you went for a pro card because even though it's a hobby, you still wanted to be a pro competitor, right? What was your mindset back in 2016? So 2016, um, it's funny. You... As you get older, as I get older, what everybody sees is not the same thing that I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. What DJ Dennis saw in me, I didn't see. I just thought I'm just Robert. Mm -hmm. That's at the end of the day, I'm just Robert, you know? Mm -hmm. And he saw something special in me. So um, when they announced the very first classic physique show, the very first one, he calls me. He's like, you're going to do it. And you're going to be a star. And I said, hmm. okay. You know, and in my head, I'm just like, I'm just Robert. You know, there's nothing, you know. And that's how I always look at myself. Like, I'm just, you know, a normal guy. I'm just like everybody else. You're very humble. So we do the very first show. I win the show first and overall. Wow. We go straight to nationals. He said, you're doing the very first national show. I said, okay. We go to nationals. Um, I win that first and overall. Go to my first pro show, and that was maybe four months after nationals. Did my first pro show, won that straight to the Olympia first year, um, and took sixth. Wow. Right, so I did. I got my pro card within the first nine months. That's amazing. Nine months, or from from amateur to the first Olympia in nine yeah. months. Took sixth. Did a show. Did the Ferrigno Legacy. Right after that, I took first. That. Qualified. Yeah. Qualified me for the Olympia again. Mm -hmm. Did the Olympia. I went down to, I believe, 14. So then I did the Ferrigno Legacy again and won that again. Then went back to the Olympia. Um, and that's when I dropped to, like, 15th or 16th, tied for 16th. Why do you think um, you dropped? I took, why? Oh, yeah, why? Too small. I needed more size. Mm -hmm. I knew I was conditioned, but I was just too small. Oh, okay. You know, And that's the reason I took the hiatus. So at 2018, Olympia... We, um, after that, we knew we were too small. We just knew. And th at this time, I was working with um, AJ Sims. And he said, look, we're too small. We got to take some time off to grow. I said, okay. So we took time off. We took three years off, you know, through COVID and all that stuff, you know. Um, and I st stayed consistent with my eating and made sure my eating and training was on point. It was always on point. Mm -hmm. Everything. We did it. We did it. We did it. Um, three years later. We stepped back on stage. We decided to come back on stage. And then the result was the Texas. Mm -hmm. So 2020 year, when you didn't do it, Olympia, that was part of your that was part of your time off, right? 2020, 20, uh, 19, 20, 19 and 20, I didn't do the Olympia. We had to grow. We had to gain size. And the thing is, to gain size, you got to hold size. So you can't do right. the winter bulk summer cut. We just did the bulk, stay bulk the whole way. And it helped the weight. And I got it 267 at the time. Mm -hmm. It's my highest. And then um, we cut for the show. And the results were what we saw. How did you feel about what was happening in the Olympia stage during your time off? When you saw, obviously, Brian was dominant. And then, you know, Chris Bumstead came. Right. And how did you feel about the, you know, the present, the um, present moment I was looking? See, the thing is, it's evolution, I think. And it's, it's more so like... See, okay, so when I, the way I look at it is, I look at the, the I kind of look at the big picture of it, right? Mm -hmm. The big picture I thought was, the way I was going to was, they wanted it to look different. They want the category to look different. 
when you have a and, and this is just how I was thinking. I was like, maybe it's because he's shorter that he got that he lost, right? That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the categories, you look at open, two twelve, yeah, classic. If you got them all looking the same, they don't look. It doesn't look like a difference, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have open guy, really big, two twelve guy, big, but you know a little smaller. Classic guy, tall. You got physique guy, pretty, or whatever you want to call it. So you got these. So now you got four distinct different looks instead mm-hmm. of classic two twelve and. And right. then I look at the, the the how they put together. The thing is. I look at the physiques and I say, what is considered classic? Because everybody thinks, everybody has a different opinion of what classic is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I look at the classic guys back in the day, nobody had crazy sweeping quads, except maybe your Tom Platts, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody had those, right? Mm-hmm. But, and, and, and nobody was super diced, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have now classic physique guys. We're all shredded, and mm-hmm. you know some have big super quads, some don't. Some, you know, so it's 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 we don't know like the this is classic. But then I look at Chris, and I'm like, he has a beautiful physique. Yeah. Then I look at Brian, he has a beautiful physique, and I look at Terrence, he has a beautiful. And it's like everybody got a beautiful physique. <laughs> like so, how you pick? Yeah. You know, it's like it's up in the air. Oh, but but it's like you just kind of got to go with. I mean, that's why you just bring your best because you don't know. You never know. It could mm-hmm. be one minute you could be you, and the next minute it could be somebody else. Mm-hmm. So you don't know, and that's why I say you can't. I can never say. I can't say Brian has a better physique than Chris, and I can't say Chris has better physique than Brian. They both have their they're both beautiful physiques. Or Terrence. I don't want to leave Terrence out because Terrence has a crazy beautiful physique. Mm-hmm. So you just don't know, right? Sure, sure. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, now, a part of your story, your life story, is a battle with cancer. You, you've you've mm-hmm. spoke you've spoke about it on a, uh, publicly before, so I want to ask you about it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Tell me about it. Tell me when it happened, how it happened, and how you beat it. Okay, so I remember when I was 21. I was already in the military. I was stationed in Aviano, Italy, at the time. Okay. Um, it was, I had been there a year and eight months. And I remember that last year I was there, I had went to the doctor literally probably once or twice a month. Okay. Because of my left knee. So me going to the doctor, go, you know, back and forth, my supervisor was like, you good? Are you sure you're all right? And I'm like, man, like, you know, and, and the difference on the flight line, like I was on the flight line, I was a weapons loader, right? So the, the flight line culture is a little different. We're like more hardcore, you know, we, you know. So I go and I say, uh, my, it's my leg, man. He's like, my, my leg is, is killing me. He's like, you know, and a lot of times we, as men, you know, just try to suck it up and just, you know, keep pushing. Yeah. But I was like, man, like I tried and I couldn't. Like I was like, oh, I got I gotta go. So I was going to the hospital. And uh, there was a point where I took a belt, like a belt, and I tried to cut the circulation off my leg. Wow. Because it hurt so bad, right? What kind of pain was it? Like a, like a muscle pain or something inside? It, no, no. It was in, in my bone. 
So then I tried to put ice on it, and everything went numb except that spot. Right, it was the top of my shin. So I'm like, man. So I go to the hospital, and I had a doctor, and he kept telling, you know, he was like, oh, it's tendinitis. And he said, oh, it's bursitis. I'm like, man, like, so he gave me a cortisone shot. I'm like, man, this ain't, this ain't, you know, it masked for like a few minutes, and then next thing you start hurting again. I'm like, man, this is crazy. So I was like, can I get another doctor? So I got another doctor. Doctor was like, let me do, let me do a scan. Let me check you out. Mm-hmm. So he did a scan. Take my right knee, right? The bone was all white, right? How it's supposed to be. Did the left knee. The left knee was all white, and at the top it was black. Mm-hmm. He said, that's cancer. Wow. So in my the knee. 21, in my shin bone, in the top of my shin bone, he says, uh, then when he said that, the other doctor, my first doctor, said, you may have to learn to live with one leg. And he, then my the new doctor was like, get out. He told me, get out. He told me, get out. He's like, listen, that's worst case scenario. Mind you, I'm 21 years old, right? I'm a kid still. So I'm like, oh my God. So mm-hmm. he, uh, he said, get out, calls me and tells me, he, he says, listen, we're going to just go aggressive with chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll get you through. And he's like, it should stop hurting after the first session. Mm-hmm. And it should kill it after seven sessions. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So, another blessing in disguise, right? I was raised by my father. My father raised me, okay? So, uh, I really didn't have a really real relationship with my mom, okay? From three to 16, I really didn't have a relationship with my mom. Didn't know her too much. Now I went to the military at 19. So, from 16 to 19, I met her again probably once, right? So, I go and... Uh, but I knew she was in the military. My mom's in the military still to this day. And she's about to hear her 40 year work. Oh, wow. So I knew what she did. She was a car, she's a cardiac physician assistant. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they said, you can go to, you got two options. You can go to Walter Reed, which is the hospital, it's a military hospital in Maryland, or you can go to Wilford Hall, which is another military hospital in Texas. I said, my mom works at Walter Reed. So send me there. So they call her. And this is the statement that she made that changed my life forever, mm-hmm. right? And so it's hard to get for me, kind of like, not necessarily hard to get sympathy from me, but when you have excuses, I can't handle too well. Mm-hmm. So I call my dad and he says, uh, he's like, what, what's going on? Me and my dad are super close, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. He's also a part of my team. So it's my dad and my coach, that's my team, mm-hmm. okay? So I called him, he's like, he's like, what, what's going on, what happened? And I was like, dad, they just told me I get cancer, you know, he was like, oh man, like he was hurt. Right, mm-hmm. I called my mom, and this is what I needed. Right, I I knew me and my dad have a connection. We're just super close. Um, I called my mom. My mom, now mind you, I didn't grow up with her. I don't know her 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 nate her nurturing style. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. you expect to get some kind of empathy from your mother. Mm-hmm. I call her. I said, Hey, mom, like I just you know got diagnosed with cancer, and she said, Okay, what are you gonna do about it? She said, you're going to cry about it or you're going to take care of it? Mm-hmm. And I said, take care of it. She's like, okay, let me talk to the doctors. I gave her the phone to the doctor. The doctor said, okay, well, we'll set up his doctor. She's like, no, don't set up anything. Just send them to me. I'll set up his doctors. I got a doctors. Just send them to me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I go two days later. 
I get on a plane. I'm going on to from Italy to Maryland. Um, I did my first biopsy on my knee, bone in the bone the marrow, um, on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And then I did a second biopsy on New Year's Day because they didn't get enough out. Um, I started my chemotherapy sessions. I did seven sessions of R-chop chemotherapy. Um, lost my hair, everything you know, like normal. And um, um, after that, I was um, in remission. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was from January until May time. Three weeks apart, seven sessions. And and it was you. It was completely, completely gone. Completely gone. It was a it was a blessing because I was in the military at the time, um, so they took care of the bill, like everything, obviously because of insurance. Um, also, they gave me the option to get out or stay in. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I had just been in only maybe four years, you know, at the time. So they they didn't give me the option. I chose to stay in. And now I have four years left, and I'll be done, and I'll be 38 at the time mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. retire. So you mentioned chemo kind of like it messes up your body, right? You lose the hair; it affects Absolutely. your body. How, Absolutely. how how long after you get off chemo do you go back to normal? Okay, so <clears throat> the beauty of that, so that was another blessing in disguise, right? So I talked to my doctor about it, Doctor Potter, and he says uh, he saw me after maybe. So after I went to Afghanistan in 2011 is when I started lifting. Okay, I went, 2011 is when I started lifting. I saw him after that. He looked at me, he's like, okay. He's like, you started lifting. So what happened, what he said, when I started taking protein, creatine, all that stuff, my body was still regenerating because it kills your whole body. Mm-hmm. Can't, chemo, chemotherapy doesn't pick and choose what it kills, right? It mm-hmm. kills everything. Yeah, it's and then your body has to just regenerate. So mm-hmm. I was to the point where had I caught the common cold, I could have died. That's how bad it was, right? Wow. So, but what I did instead, I started lifting and everything like that. And my body was uptaking all of the nutrients and everything. And he said, that's how I kind of grew to the point where I'm at now. And he's like, you did good. And I was like, thank you, you know. But it was just a matter of, um, yeah, it, it took me down. Like my immune system, white blood cells are all, they were shot. So I couldn't fight off anything. Yeah, what a crazy story, man. Now, mm-hmm. right now, you know, um, as a bodybuilder, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you take your body through constant, you know, you constantly challenge your body, right? You take it to, right. to the extremes. Um, are you ever concerned about your health? Do you ever do you ever think about your health? And uh, always, because the bodybuilding is an extreme sport, regardless, you know. Agree, agree. I always always think about my health. That's that's number one. I do blood work because um, because of the chemotherapy. I have to do blood work once a year, at least at least to make sure it's nothing coming back, you know, so we didn't do that. And we do, but since we do, you know, uh, take a lot of uh, supplement stuff, we do, we actually do blood work more often than that. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, so the cancer that you had in your, in your, in your shin bone, um, mm-hmm. was there ever, I know cancer is kind of like it comes and goes sporadically, but did they ever tell you what could be the reason why you developed it? No, and that's just crazy. I've always been healthy as a kid. It wasn't hereditary. It wasn't anything like that. It just, just out of the blue. Now, me and my father, we think we know what happened, and we're in a lawsuit for it right now. Oh, really? So yeah. could be a reason for it. Oh, wow! I see what you're right. saying. So, and we think because of that, what it was, um, 
um, it affected him as well. Not with cancer, but with uh, another sickness. So interesting. We're definitely um, in a loss right now. Wait. Interesting. You know, when it comes to cancer, it's like it's such a big part of today's world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People get those types of cancers, and it's like the studies. You but know, people right? gotta understand. I look at it like this, right? Some of these things, right? I think it was more so scary because I thought it was a death wish, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's not. Mm-hmm. And that's what you gotta understand. Like my sister, as my stepsister right now, she has cancer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so she called me. She told me, you know, and then she was broken. And I said, listen, you're sick. There's medicine. You're gonna be fine. Now, when you think about it like that, it makes it easier. Right, because it's like, okay, I'm sick, there's medicine, we're gonna be okay. Right? Now other stuff obviously that doesn't have cures and stuff is scary, but when you think about we just break instead of saying, Oh, it's cancer, it's like, oh my gosh, it's a death wish. No, you're sick, there's medicine, you'll be fine. You go go and look at it that way, you know, mm-hmm. and then it kinda makes it a little bit easier for you. And it made it easier for my sister too. Mm-hmm. You know. But when it comes to like the uh, and people talk about the cause of cancer, it's like you read things, you know, red meat causes it. No, vegan veganism causes it. And then it's like all these variety of reasons. It's too much into where to where you'll 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 scare yourself in a box. Right. You can't live like that. You can't right. live like that. You know, who wants to live like that to where they're scared to do anything? You can walk around, walk down the street and get hit by a car. You know, you don't you don't know. You're not gonna not go outside. Yeah. yeah. Right? So you, you gotta live life. Like at the end of the day, you gotta live life. And do what you wanna do. Because nothing, nothing's, nothing's ever promised, right? It's nothing. Absolutely, absolutely. But I'm glad that obviously, you know, it's a great story. What you just, you know, what you oh, just yeah. told me, and you know, I'm sure a lot of people going through things like that. So to absolutely. hear, to hear absolutely. how you made it, you know, it's, it's gonna be inspiring for people. Absolutely. Now you were deployed to Afghanistan, right? In 2011. Now you you mm-hmm. were working out in Afghanistan, right? Talk about that. That was when I first started working out. So were you working out at a base, or were you working out at some kind of gym, or how did it happen? No, there's a gym on base. There was two gyms on base. We had the prison gym, and we had the NATO gym. And um, the prison gym was the gym that was like the old school. Like it was rough. It was a rough gym. And uh, I was 170, like 170, 175 pounds when I went. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend was like, "You little, you gonna get?" I was like, "Man, I'm not little." He's like, oh, "You little." <laughs> and uh, it was funny because we were both we were stationed. So what happens is you do a rotation. And um, there was two different squadrons that I was with in um, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So the country, the country of Georgia. No, 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 no. The state, 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 got state it. of Georgia. So we would um, one when one unit goes, the other one stays, and when the other one goes, the other one comes back. Right, we used to swap back and forth. Mm-hmm. So one when they came, well, actually, we would go relieve them, right? Mm-hmm. One of the guys who I knew prior, he was like. He had got bigger, and he was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "All right, I see you. You know, you, you know, you bigger guy." <laughs> so my friend Allah, he said, uh, "Rob, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna get you in the gym. We're gonna get you big." I said, "Okay." So we go to the gym. Uh, we're training, and uh, uh, I, I started working out. But then I was, I was wondering. I'm like, okay. So and this is how my mind works, right? When I was a kid, I used to break things down. My dad used to get so mad. He's like, "Stop taking stuff apart," and I would put it back together. You know. But I needed to know how it worked. Mm-hmm. So I applied that to bodybuilding, right? Mm-hmm. And so we started working out. I'm like, man, like, why are we doing this? Like, you, you know, we, we, 
you, you bench it, my triceps are hurting, my shoulders are hurting. Like, what? he's like, nah, this is just how you do it. And I'm like, this don't make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, it, it, yeah, my body doesn't move this way, but you gotta put your position this way. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. I was like, you know what, how about this? I was like, you work out, you, thank you for showing me the basics, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna do it myself. So I left him, after about a month, I left him. Um, and then I started growing, right? I started growing. And then next thing you know, we leave. I was 235 pounds in Afghanistan. Now, granted, it wasn't the prettiest 235. I was just a big, big 235. And everybody was like, bro, like, you look crazy. And I was like, the thing is, I made it make sense. I was like, I'm not going to do something if I don't understand what I'm doing. A lot of people do it, you know? And I train with a lot of people, like, to help them out and stuff. And they're like, bro, like, I've never trained like this. I'm like, because you didn't make it make sense. Mm-hmm. You're just going through the motions, and it's something that you can't show in a video. You can't show, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you have to actually feel it, and I make it make sense. And you have to think about it, think about exactly what you're doing. And a lot of people don't do that. They don't have that mind muscle connection. They just going through the motions, mm-hmm. and it shows. And it shows. You see people in the gym months and months, and they still look the same. It's like you. It's not. What are you doing? You know. Right. right. So. What inspired you to actually, because one thing is working out, right, and getting, you know, right. getting gains, but another thing is competing on stage and posing, right? Like, what motivated you, to, motivated you to do that? So, I used to dance. So, dancing was just fun, right? We used to dance, like, I was in a dance group, a dance crew. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, it it's just, it's not, like I said, bodybuilding for me is not that hard. It's not, I think a lot of people try to make it, I think, there's a thing to where people want to make it seem like it's such a mystique to it, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's just being consistent, mm-hmm. being consistent, and then just displaying what you what you got, right? Like that's what I think. It's the performance of it. You know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's legit fun for me. So I don't I don't stress over. You know I don't. No, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And then I think the challenge too, right? The cool part is to see how long you can do it. How long can you eat the same thing over and over and over? over and over and over and I get burnt out like how long can you how, is that, how long can you do well speaking of eating I wanted to actually ask you about eating because so you get away with three uh, sleeping three hours a day right which yep. is which is phenomenal right a lot of people right. are gonna, a lot of people aren't going to believe that but okay you sleep that's three right. hours a day and that's fine that, it, 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 look the thing is I don't need a lot of people to believe it I just need people to to, to know that that's what it is Absolutely. I, I, and I wish I could get more sleep I want more sleep <laughs> but at the end of the day if I get more sleep I won't be able to do anything else but, I have to work if, if you're able to be a bodybuilder with that uh, little amount of sleep, does it mean you also can get away with eating not as, not as clean as a bodybuilder? Can you get no, a can you, uh, can you well, genetics well, process, I mean, you know? It depends on the person. No, for you, I'm saying for you, genetics. for you. For me, no. No, 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 no. So, you don't, I don't, I don't, I don't cheat on my diet. Like, I don't cheat because I feel like if I cheat and I lose, then I'm going to go back to that day I cheated. Mm. So, I don't cheat. Like my coach knows, he he knows I he don't have to worry about. It. I'm doing everything to the to the to the gram, like I don't cheat. Um, I don't try to, and that's the thing. That's what people say when they say hard work beats genetics, and genetics don't work hard, right? Mm-hmm. If I try to go off of my just genetics and then just eat whatever I want, yeah, sure, I would still be lean, but why won't be? Why not be the best that I can be mm-hmm. by keeping it clean? Mm-hmm. That makes you know what I'm saying. Like that's how I think. I don't think about. The things that make me feel good. We even talked about it. Me and him, he, he was like, hey, do you think you need a burger? Like, we were, we were talking about it because I know 
he, I know the other athletes he's worked with that need that for their mental clarity, right? They need that. They need that burger because they feel like, man, like I haven't had this so long. No, I don't need it. Uh, we gonna keep. We can stick with the. We can stick with the beef and rice that we've been eating. I'm cool with it. Or the bites and the rice we eat. I'm good. I don't need that. I don't need it because I always look at the goal. The goal isn't to feel better. The goal is to look the best you can on stage. And this is the job. And this is what we're doing. This. This. This, this is what it is. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I saw a cool video of you actually um, on mm-hmm. YouTube when you went to uh, Starbucks and then you went to In-N-Out right. Burger and, and you I picked hate the- In-N-Out. I hate in and out. But you, you find something to eat, like you find a, uh, clean ways to right. eat there, basically, which was I thought it was cool, you know, because a lot of people, you know, they travel, right. whatever. Right. So the know. thing is, you got to make it make sense, right? And, and if you're going to eat, like, I don't diet 24-7 year-round, right? Right, right? So if I do eat, I make sure I always have a basic baseline, though. I'm going to have a protein. It has to be a higher protein than a, higher, than a, than a carb than what I'm eating, right? Um, that video is cool, but in reality, I would never eat in and out like it's not my it, that's i would go to mcdonald's before i go to in and out okay you just don't like you just, you just don't like you just don't like in and out no because it's super <laughs> hyped over here i live in it on the east coast or the west coast everybody thinks it's yeah. In-N-Out. they do they go crazy for it over there right it's not that good <laughs> it's not but um it's not that it's not good it's just not like as hype it's super hype that's oh, all yeah, good super hype. but but yeah like i make sure i get a higher protein everything mine is always higher protein less carbs, you know what I mean? And the, the minimal amount of fat as possible, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's it, you know? One thing I got to ask you about this, because I, I find the whole the three hours a night sleep is, is just, you know, mm-hmm. it's very interesting to me personally. Mm-hmm. So do you I, ever... I, I, I break it down, you know, right. I can break it down for you. I was just wondering how you do it. Like, I mean, do you ever wake up after three hours and like say, you know, maybe I should get like an extra hour and just, you know, crash? You know? No, because I'm looking at the, the goal, right? Mm-hmm. I, if, I had, if I had done that extra hour, I wouldn't have looked like I looked at in Texas, right? I was even going to work because I had to work. So I work every other Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to work on that Saturday prior, the Saturday prior and the Sunday prior, take off Monday and Tuesday. And then, you know, but my coach was like, bro, like, you need to sleep. And I was like, okay. So I took off that Saturday, Sunday, and I took the whole week, you know? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, um, yeah, if I if I do sleep any longer, I, I won't be able to get everything in, you know. And it's all about time management, and I have to manage my time, you know. I sleep my day my days off, I get to sleep. But other than that, it's it's it's, it's work, you know. It's amazing. And I have to work, you know. So it's what it is. All right. Uh, last thing I want to ask you is uh, going to Olympia twenty twenty one. What is your strategy? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you trying to bring to the stage? And and tell us anything you, you know you can about it. So I'm going to bring, for me personally, I'm going to bring the best classic physique that I, my team, can can garner, right? Not going off of what social media says, not going off of what anybody else says except my team, which is my father and my coach, because those are the two that really have that opinion. I like I take opinion, I take criticism, and I take um, praise with the same from a from a fan. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to when it comes to um, my physique and everything. And presentation and only the only opinions that really matter are my coach and my dad. So when they collab and then when we all three collab and figure out and we look at it and we say, Okay, no, we need to fix this, we need to work on this. Mm-hmm. Oh no, put this arm higher, put this arm lower. That's what matters and that's what we work on and we're gonna bring something special. I promise it's gonna be special. You know, um mm-hmm. the the we're gonna blow the the, the um 
the 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 hardness, the tightness out of the water for the Olympia. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be different. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna are you gonna at all pay attention to uh, on social media what what your competitors will uh, post on their social media? Uh, again, I can't control I can't control sure any of that stuff. It has but are you to curious to see? And these, and these, the thing is right. The, the thing is, I'm I'm a fan, right? I'm a fan of the guys. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a legit fan of the guys. Chris, I I, I that I freaking love him. I I'm a super fan of him, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Brian, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Terrence, I'm a fan. Like I'm a legit fan too, right? So I think they're dope. But in order for me to give them that respect, I'm gonna bring my best to give them that respect because I respect them so much. Uh, at the end, I can't control their physiques. They have beautiful physiques, and they all have classic physiques. Mm-hmm. Or they wouldn't be at the Olympia, and not just them. Anybody that is at the Olympia, everybody on their spot there. So everybody has a classic physique. So it's just one of those things that I can't just look at. These. No, I'm, everybody's there for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So this is what it is. Absolutely. Well, uh, Robert, thank you so much for your time, man. You have a great thank story. I'm a very thank big you. fan of yours, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Take you. Care, man. Take it easy. Bye bye. Visit GenerationIron.com for even more GI exclusive content on all things bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are downloaded.